excited. There he is. He's frozen now. Look at his face. He's like, oh, oh there you go. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Can you hear us? Hello? Uh oh. Where's Hello. Hannah? Hello. Uh, Hello. Hello. Is this is this crappy internet in Wales? <laughs> no, I was actually, you know, one thing that I've learned since this lockdown is I don't have any recording equipment, no lighting, no nothing. It, it's ridiculous. You know what though? It's, so my it's, son brought me a microphone today. Oh. And, a word and is obviously it didn't work. So if I stick it in, can you hear me? Hold on, let's, see, let's try. Stick it in. Yeah. <laughs> can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. Yeah, keep talking. Hello? Hello? No. Hello? It puts you off. Then there's some kind of... um. If he sticks it in, it puts us off. Things Oh, this is shitty day, so I'm sorry. This is starting. Hello. Just going to put it out there. Is that Pindarin? Who knew that? Me. Well done. Which one? Oh. Hey, look, we have similar, similar posters. Oh, my gosh. That's the pasta we did. I feel like I need to go get my Pindaren. I've got it in. I brought it back from uh, from Wales. Gwyn Hughes Jones took me through that distillery. I went. We went on a tour. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, hundred years old. Hundred years well, old. Really? <gasps> well, cheers to that. How are cheers. you? I'm well, actually. Um, fed up, but well. <sighs> How many jobs are you? Have you lost already? Everything. Well, I, um, I broke my leg in January in Bilbao. Whoa. I, I was going to the Metropolitan Opera to do the, to do the Flying Dutchman. Oh, and yeah. whenever I go to New York, I make sure that my back is in order. <laughs> so I decided on a morning of a performance that I'd go for a chiropractic session. Mm-hmm. And it just rained in the morning. Oh, getting no. to a, a, a zebra crossing, and you know these little um, yellow, orangey, bubbly tiles that for for the blind. Yeah. I just went, shoom, slipped, did a did a, a nice pirouette and triple fracture. Oh my god! Straight to the hospital, then came back to Wales. Was operated on by the the Welsh rugby surgeon for feet. Ooh, nice. Woohoo! Thank God. Uh, and uh, of course, January, February, March went. Yeah, I was supposed to see you in Chicago. Yeah. So then, uh, of course, they did three of the Flying Dutchman performances and all were returned home because of the lockdown. Hmm. So sorry. I, Hi. Okay. Are we chugging? Yeah. <laughs> Are we chugging? I have had, <laughs> I've had two cancellations today. Cheers. Oh, Welsh and Millennium Centre has just shut down. Announced it's closed until April. Two hundred fifty people lose their jobs. Yeah, but nobody's ringing from the Welsh Millennium Centre to ask, "Can you do any concerts or can you?" 
I know. To do something? Nothing? No, I asked Gwen, because Gwen lives right down the street. I said, why haven't they, you live right there. Why couldn't they get some recording equipment in there? They love you there. Why aren't you in there doing a recital or some kind of thing to raise some money? And it's not even being discussed. Nothing's being discussed. I want to take you back down memory lane. This is the very first time that I met you. Look oh at us. Oh my God. See that? Who are those people? <laughs> that uh, was the pension fund gala with Neil Shikoff and you. Yeah, you jumped into that, I remember. Remember that? Well done. And how, wow, fantastic. Pension fund gala. Which, which begs the question then, why don't we do these kind of things? Why don't singers get together and do a big hedge fund for singers? You know, Thank something you. has to happen. I'm ready. You know, we, some people get sick, some people can't get back to their careers. I, I think this pandemic, I think, will open new ventures and people getting together to do things for, for your own family. Yes. I agree. I think it's, I oh, think it's a great idea. And, and you know what, like you say, I think it's going to be kind of nationalistic in that, you know, Canadian singers, we're going to sing here in Canada. Welsh mm. singers are going to sing there in Wales. American singers are going to sing over there. Just because it's easier, you don't have to travel. And I think people are still scared about all of that, about transferring the, the virus and all of that. And at least for a year, if not you. But, but, but let's let's talk about, uh, you know, people are losing work now for a year. You know, it doesn't matter where you are, if you're beginning your career, in the middle of your career, or in the top of your career. There are things that are nipping at your heels. You know, the tax man for us, of course, we, we submit our tax forms and we need to pay those bills. Yeah. And uh, if, if we're not constantly earning, and of course, our taxes are all over the place. They're left in cities and countries. And, and you know, yeah. it, it's really difficult. I think the first phone call we have to make after the lockdown and when we start working again is to our accountants so that we get- Oh, yeah. Duncan's going with all that right now. They're going to come after us. Oh. Yeah, for sure. You know, there. I was just reading in the paper here because they gave PPE money out for even people like me who have incorporated myself. But a lot of people, I we contacted the bank, but there were so many uncertainties in those rules that we said, I don't, no way. And a lot of companies actually, small businesses decided to give the money back because no one could give them a straight answer of when they were going to have to pay this back, what or the tax. Were. Yes, you're going to get taxed. There's billions of dollars sitting there now because people were so afraid of what the repercussions were going to be. Okay. Yeah. Can we, I know you won't remember this because this is a very long time ago when I was a child. Oh no, are you going there, Carrie? <laughs> but Sorry. I met, I met so you sorry. on the Kennedy, Kennedy Center Honors when they were doing J Jimmy Levine and you came out and sang uh, the Tory, what is it? The Carmen. Yeah. Yeah. But wasn't that yeah, like a life? I remember that. Okay. I had big lamb chops because yeah. I was doing Sweet Pod in Chicago. Yeah, you were hilarious. Very loudly into Glenn Close's ear. <laughs> and of course, it was, uh, it was the time of Fatal Attraction. Yes. Oh. And wasn't James Taylor there too? Wasn't James Taylor singing? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I was but, just but a kid. I was a young artist. She, she just stood behind me and tapped my shoulder and looked at me like this. <laughs> you okay. were hilarious. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. And um, I couldn't believe I was some kid up there singing Carmen, you know, like, <laughs> so, oh, so how are you what's been going on what have you yeah. been doing during the pandemic we should like actually interview you yeah sorry <laughs> well absolutely nothing because um uh, running after a three-year-old uh, girl lily our daughter hannah is about to give birth from today until uh, the third of july it could happen there's nothing we can do apart from read our emails that everything is being cancelled. I got a, an email from Paris yesterday. Elisir D'Amore is gone. I've got still maybe a possibility of Elisir in the Royal Opera House end of the year, but I think that will go as well. Um, it's desperate. I, I, I hate it. Um, of course, people think, uh, oh, you're home, you're with your family. Well, my family travel with me all the time. So, but... Yes, it's nice to be in the house, but uh, not to hear, you know, I keep in touch with some of my colleagues and uh, they're, they're getting everything and people not telling them properly, you know, they're, they're getting to hear about it. And no. it's, it's, it's so, it's so incredibly random, everything that's happened. And I don't, I don't know about you ladies, but I really, I'm questioning how much Britain likes the arts at the moment. And, and of course oh. I live in Wales. Um, you can't hear it on the radio. Don't hear it on the on on the. Of no. course, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Everybody's looking after their families and and trying to stick to the rules that a government has set. Wales is behind England, so. Yeah. Are you in um, phase one still, or are you in phase one? Yeah, we so. we're we're kind of still. You can't move out for more than five miles. The restaurants are not open. Okay. Um, uh, but but th that'll quickly change. My son works for the first minister uh, in the press department, Thomas, so my eldest boy. So I get how incredibly busy this first minister is. He, he doesn't know how he does it. And of course, he's labor as well. So it's very different to what Boris Johnson is doing. Oh. So um, I don't know about the arts. Who's, who's going to come and save us? Maybe Bach, Mozart and Handel will bring <laughs> us back in there. You know, it's it's the million dollar, billion dollar, trillion dollar question, isn't it? What, how is it going to go forward? What do, I mean, I just got off a, co a call with San Francisco. That was my job that was canceled today as well, Chicago. And Matthew Schilbach says, he, the, San Francisco, not only are they running a huge deficit because of this, but they don't see opera ever in our lifetime getting back to the way it was before the pandemic and you, you just sit there and you go wow yeah on the on the other flip side of the coin sandra before paris cancelled my elysia i was offered leporello in spain <laughs> well, right. and they're they're doing i have two concerts in spain so, so who, who's who's really going to change the fact that even, even before there's a talk about a vaccine that, that has to be trialed and everything that comes with it. But certainly, I remember doing uh, um, seven performances of Boris Goodenough at the Royal Opera House, okay? 
Not once did I leave the stage door. I was going to sponsor dinners. I was going to, right. uh, you know, just, just everything to raise money. And uh, it's, where's this money going that we're, we're raising? And, and why isn't something being talked about these young singers getting some sort of, of money? I've, I've been doing a, a, a birthday things for Waspikani in the Grange Park Opera. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she charges people seven, eight hundred pounds, and it goes to singers and technicians. So I've done about ten, maybe. Love and it. I've done a little concert from home for them as well. That's all I can do. But I hope that they that they do see this money because they'll need it. Well, I, I mean, from what I understand and from what I've read, what's going on over there in Wales and in the UK is that even the schemes that they have available for unemployment, um, are, uh, there's a lot of singers and a lot of artists, a lot of technicians that are falling through the cracks because the rules don't really apply to them, which blows my mind. So I, it's somebody doesn't have something right over there in the paperwork or how, however it's all being, um, I don't know, processed. And the other thing. And where are these patrons that we went to all these dinners with? Where are they? That's a very good question, Bryn. And yeah, hopefully, um, with time, it, everything will uh, come out of the hiding and from behind the rocks and. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's, there's going to be something positive. Uh, total rethinking, of course, like I just said in the beginning, that here at home I don't have a camera, a, a, a microphone, a, a lighting, nothing. Absolutely nothing. So when we had to do certain things in Wales, like songs for people, or mm -hmm. it was done with an old iPad that was running out of batteries, you know, constantly yeah. recharging. The Met Gala too? And I'm very impressed with you two. I, I know, Sandra, that you've been learning now about the internet and everything, and Kerry's been editing like mad. Yes, I, let me tell you. You were very impressed with that. I think Norman Lebrecht was quite impressed as well. Norman, you know what, he was a great interview. He was a lot of fun. We didn't yeah. know what to expect. We, we'd never met him before. And we yeah, were like, okay. Can I, I, listen, I listen to that. It was, oh. it was interesting, and to, to, to see that his uh, platform is succeeding as well. And he said, what, 70,000 people? So are we behind in doing things like this? I know people like, um, you know, Anna Lechepko's brilliant with her, with her right. Twitter and uh, Instagram. Karita Matila is becoming a big star with her yes. platform. Mm -hmm. you know, but you, how do you feel as Beb, about social media? Because you know what, you don't have, when we search your name, just going to tell you, not much comes up. Is that on purpose? You mean on uh, social media, not on like... No, what? just on anywhere. Yeah, maybe it's because I'm Jones, Bryn T. Jones and everything. So, no, but I, I'm, 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 I'm really bad. I'm really lazy at it. Uh, I, I should be doing more. No, it's not lazy. It's generational too, I think. And, you know, I'm 51 and I didn't know much about social media until the pandemic started, really. I, mm -hmm. I was horrible at it. I didn't know what Zoom was. I didn't know what any of this was. And like you, I don't, if I turned my camera around and you saw my lighting right now, <laughs> uh -huh. you would laugh. Well, um, I'm 25 and um, I just never really thought, saw the point of social media, so... 
Yeah. No, I, really, I didn't want everybody knowing my life. I didn't really want to be on social media. I mean, there were some things I posted for friends and family and people were wondering where I was singing and I, you know, something I thought was fun just wasn't important to me, even though management kept yelling, like, we please, please, please. Now I understand more why they wanted that. But um, no, this has been a, I don't know, Sandra and I were like, what the hell are we going to do? We're sitting at home for how many hours? And we had a lot of fun talking on the phone and laughing and crying and whatever, drinking. Obviously, day drinking is a thing now. So we well, thought, well, let's I'm put happy. this on the internet. <laughs> I, I'm happy that you brought up the drink. So I, 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 I yes. saw that you had a couple of drinks. This is a, a whiskey from Penderin. And Penderin means the head of the bird. Mm -hmm. um, oh. they, they, they are a distillery that could have been maybe a hundred years old, but somebody restarted it. There is an icon series if you like your whiskies, and you can collect uh, seven of them. Uh, so one whiskey is named after me, and the role of Falstaff. Really? So collect it. There's one about Dylan Thomas. There's one about Gareth Edwards, the rugby player. There's one about the American Declaration of Independence, 1776. Really? You know, Thomas Jefferson was kind of Welsh background. And of the 56 men, I think 15 of the men were from Wales in the, in the signatories. Really? Bottle for them. Now this one is a Madeira cask, Madeira finish. Very smooth, very creamy. Ooh, Notes of honey. Good. It's well-rounded. Vanilla, sweet apples. So cheers. cheers. I, I, like, I like to, since I went for a tour in Glenlivet, yeah. Glenn Livett say the amount of whiskey you have, you should add the same amount of water. Yes. So I, I like that. to use these little slates that I put yeah. in the freezer. I just drop them into the glass without breaking it. And then it keeps it cold and doesn't add water. I love that. that. So I was told it was just a drop of water, I thought, just to bring out the flavor, but it's more. Ah. Wait. Try, try and put. What more. was that Welsh word? What was the Welsh word? Yechida, good health. Well, Yechida, did I say that right? Yechida, yeah, we're hoping everybody has it now for the next six months. I have a months. silly question for you. Yeah. How does a farm boy from Wales become an opera singer? Like world-renowned, a sir, everything knighted. Well, obviously it's, um, it's quite, a, quite a journey, but I think it's starts with uh, the passion that your parents have in singing mm -hmm. and uh, the amount of miles that they would travel in their little Austin car to take their son to compete in different places in Wales. Wow. I think the church was very important in the fact that in the farming community people never saw each other during the week but on a Sunday they'd all uh, uh, converge on on uh, chapel and all dressed up beautifully and the, and the kids love to meet each other so and singing was a staple diet you know they loved to show off in the in the chapel you know if there was a high tenor in the village he'd be singing those high notes the descants and there'll be six part harmonies all around the the chapel which is brilliant sure. and um I think uh, my music school teacher was very important in telling me that I should maybe think of uh, pursuing singing. And there was an, uh, a choir that the youth of Wales would go to as well. Mm 
that also gave me a, a little bit of impetus and a more, more of an interest. I was so interested in football and, and basketball and tennis and cricket and rugby that singing somehow took a back seat, but then it kind of took over those. There was a balance in school that, you know, other pupils didn't like people that sang. So they, they could be rather cruel. Yeah. Funnily enough, now, of course, it's gone around full circle and these horrible kids joining choirs and stuff now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I went into, a, into a numerous uh, fights of, because of what I did. And look, that's why my nose is partly bent. Oh. So, you know, so I showed my anger was on the rugby field. Uh, although I would never succeed in rugby, I wasn't brave enough. But I, I should think that that's why... That's why I started that journey. But why you succeed in it, I have absolutely no idea. Who, who drops that bucket full on, on, on the top of your head? Hard work, dedication, maybe. Bit of, bit of luck, I think, also comes into play. You love it. You really do. You are a stage animal. Of all the people I perform with, you, you walk on stage and, and then you become a different person. Uh, yeah, I, I was uh, afraid of it in the beginning. Uh, I remember when I started singing in places like Salzburg and and Vienna, for instance, when you just go in there and, and rehearse in, for two days and you're on that stage. Um, I would really listen to the directors and the conductors and I'd made sure that I'd listen and, and I'd correct myself if they said, do something differently because I think conductors like to, to see progress in singers mm. uh, to get to know them. So in the beginning, I was, I was too uh, rough and uh, I would answer back and say no. And I soon learned my lesson. That's not the thing to do in this profession. But yeah, uh, once I know my geography, Sandra, um, you know, hopefully when we're all on that stage, we all have... Uh, uh, something that we enjoy. I, I'd hate to think when I open that stage door that I would exhale every time that I walked into an opera house where I just inhale. I, I just love the whole camaraderie, the whole, yeah. uh, you know, that team effect. Together, everyone yeah. achieves more. Thank you, Michael Jordan. You're right. It's true, I, though. No, it is. I feel I find myself missing that the most. I, I say to my husband all the time, I miss my people. I miss my people in the theater and on stage and everybody, the crew. I mean, you name it, all of them. It's just, um, there's, a camaraderie, there's a camaraderie about that that just, um, it fills something within you. And it's what I, I find I'm missing the most. It's why we're on here talking to you because we want to know what's going on and we want these conversations. I mean, it's just, it's a small bit of, of what I, I miss. So thanks for doing that with us today. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. So what's okay. your, yeah, go. Okay. go ahead. This is total fangirl asking this question. What was it like to work with Emma Thompson? Oh. You, you've done several projects with her, am I right? Ah, uh, there it is, oh, yes. Yes, I love that. It was amazing. I, I uh, only did uh, Sweeney with her, Kerry. Mm -hmm. And um, we was, I was supposed to do it in New York um, with Patti LuPone many years ago, but I, I had a back operation. 
Okay. So I couldn't do it. And I knew it wasn't going to be like a, a concert version. I think it was going to be a full blown, uh, real production of it uh, with Lonnie Price directing it. So I didn't do that. And then the New York Phil uh, decided that they might bring it back and um, that Emma Thompson was being uh, maybe um, earmarked as mm -hmm. somebody that could be interested. And uh, I, she said yes. Of course, she asked her mother first, and her mother said, yes, of course you should do it. Um, and then, of course, she did ring a couple of her friends that had sung Mrs. Lovett, and they all warned her to pick up the score pretty early. Okay. It's so when I got to London, uh, we rehearsed where the English National Opera rehearsed before we went to New York. We had a week up there and we just did our scenes. Uh, once she starts rehearsing, it is 100% uh, committed. And until she thinks she's got uh, a grasp of what should be happening in her movements and in her dialogue and in her singing mm -hmm. and, and putting that equation together. She was never happy. And these, these rehearsals would go until, you know, 10, 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. Whoa. Non-stop. Wow. It's, like, it's like being on a film set, I think. Okay. Wow. So, of course, I was singing, singing away without a microphone and she was, she was oh. turning her head and I was getting all my dialogues wrong. Oh. And uh, uh, but an absolute lesson lesson in professionalism, uh, how to uh, work on a on a character. I, I wish I'd have asked her more about my own dialogue, I, but I, I didn't ask her for some reason before she New York. So like when we got to New York, we knew our scenes, didn't we? So that the the ensemble of these magnificent Broadway singers, amazing. Were thinking, wow, how does Bryn and Emma? They've just Perform it immediately. And Emma and I were going. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. I have a question for you on that. Mm. Do you think about different vocal production when you sing, say, Sweeney Todd as opposed to opera? No, because, uh, yeah, that's, that's a question. Whenever you, you tend to sing these roles, like Sweeney Todd is, is quite dramatic. It's, it's uh, very, very operatic in its, mm -hmm. in its statements and it's uh, uh, declamatory and you know, this is a, a torn figure that has one of the biggest losses in his life. So from the beginning, you have a certain vocal color that you want to keep it, but then it's, it's uh, guided by who is on those buttons at the back of the theater. Cool. If I was singing close to Emma, Emma's voice would go up and mine would go down. So it, it, it's kind of leveling the voices. So I, I just okay. sing as I've learned the piece and, and I let them t t turn the, the switches, the volume. Mm, that'd be okay. fun. What was meeting the queen like? Was that a good uh, thing or was that a positive thing or you're like, meh? Well, uh, I've met her on many occasions and uh, it started mainly uh, through Princess Diana uh, wow. being the Princess of Wales mm -hmm. and Charles mm -hmm. uh, the Prince of Wales and of course Prince Charles is is a is a 
big supporter of the arts and yeah. he, he works for close to 80 different, uh, you know, it's, it's like a big palette for him, different colors of, of, of different institutions from orchestras to choruses mm -hmm. to, 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 to putting on evenings himself in Windsor Castle. I did one brilliant evening that he had the letters that Queen Victoria had written Wow. with Richard wow. Wagner and these were read out in that concert with with sections of the Wagnerian operas that he would like to be heard that cool. evening but uh, in the sense of the uh, of meeting the Queen I was given the Queen's medal for music and that was second after Sir Charles McCarris and I thought what have I what have I done to to uh, accept such an accolade you know and then of course you're you're given the MBE, and, and that's something not just for singing, it's your work in charity, I think. And you accept these, you know, you know some people in Wales think that you shouldn't accept them. and that, Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge issue. Yeah, between, yeah oh. the, monarch, the monarchy and, and, yeah, in Wales. But I, I, I thought this is for the hard work and dedication of everybody around me. And we're all like like these sportsmen. We like to have a good team around us, surely. We, we like to have uh, coaches and right. language. Uh, okay, we might not have dietitians and... It's COVID, And hairdressers and, uh, and all, all that thing. But, you know, it's, it's, it's something so important that you build something and you, uh, you're recognized for it. So I was given the... the the MBE and, and the commander of the British Empire then, and then of course I was knighted. And that was the day. Whoa. Uh, you walk into Buckingham Palace and there's this uh, colonel that's meeting you. you, you, you Sovereign, you're uh, up to the left, up the stairs, <laughs> and stay in the room. So mm -hmm. then, then they tell you how to, um, uh, how to uh, address the queen and, and how to walk up to her and, and you go on, on, on one knee. And then when, if she talks to you uh, for a little while, you, you listen intently and try and answer the questions short and concise. And when her right hand is given towards your hand, that means the conversation is over. You reverse and you go out oh. of the room. Whoa. So the Queen was talking with me for about five or six minutes. You know, she was like, where are you singing? And she's co constantly interested in where you've been and the houses you've sang in. And uh, of course, she's important figurehead for all the places that we singing, the Royal Albert Hall, right. uh, the Royal Opera House, you know, uh, the golf courses that I play, you know, uh, <laughs> Royal Harlech Golf mm -hmm. Course, Royal Port Cowell. So, um, and she's only tiny. So when she gives these awards, it takes 50 minutes. And she is like a Rolex watch. She will not go over that 50 minutes. Whoa. And you know, about 100 people get, get awards. And different from policemen to firemen to performers to gardeners to nurses, doctors. So cool. It, it, it is a very daunting experience, of course. But I, I've, I've, I've grown to accept how important that family is you know even in the trooping of the guards two days ago in windsor castle when she came out for the first time you could feel the whole of the country uh, were were really involved and 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 thinking yes she she's doing it and and she's keeping two meters away from her 
yeah. her helpers and, yeah. and she's enjoying the Welsh Guards doing their marches. Yeah. No. I saw Brilliant. that. Yeah, it is cool. You know, I always, um, I giggle with the crown, you know, the Netflix series oh, yeah. when um, President Kennedy and Jack Jacqueline Kennedy met her and they totally screwed the whole thing up about, you know, you're, they said all the wrong things. Yeah. <laughs> like so American to do that. So just met, for you to tell that story, that just made me laugh thinking about. I'm going to show you a picture now. This is what I keep. Wow. wow. That is so cool. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. So you can oh, look, see look at you. You're almost kneeling and you're still taller than her. Oh, she's <laughs> tiny. It's amazing. She's so tiny. And I was thinking, is she going to swing that sword from left to right? Have yeah. I been good? Have I been good? <laughs> That's what, you know, I went, I went to an opera with uh, Charles, with um, Prince Charles at uh, Welsh National Opera. He was there. And I remember because I had bought tickets and they, they reached out and said, he's going to be there. We need your passports or whatever it was just to make sure you weren't going to be another. But um, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun evening. Uh, of course, Charles always says, um, my mother's let me use the ballroom today. And, and we've done countless charity events. and Love it. Uh, uh, for the Royal Opera House there. And uh, actually, it's quite nice sometimes going to Buckingham Palace because you have to give your phone away. Uh, mm -hmm. And you actually speak to the orchestra and the chorus and, and all the other performers. So I think it's something that we enjoy going to in Buckingham Palace is so so exciting. They um when I was there working for ENO it was when the palace was open when you could go through and do the tour and she had all of her her dresses that she had worn over however many years and it was uh, I did the whole thing I mean I was there for hours I did the horses and the whole thing I just had to and it was really it was quite amazing it was quite amazing to see that so oh wow so there's so many people that you know, um, if I, if I, uh, I did in the 1999, I did the opening of the Rugby World Cup and Shirley Bassey and I were to sing one of the songs associated with that. And I spent three or four days with Shirley and, and um, you know, going to rehearsals and trying to learn the song and recording the song and then going in her tour bus with all her gowns and, and I, you know, get to know these people mm -hmm. for, for a short amount of time. Uh, even last week, so Tom was 80 years old, Tom Jones. Oh, yeah. so I, I sent Mark a text, his son, just to say, what do you get your dad for your birthday? Because my dad's 81 uh, wow. next week. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, happy birthday, dad. Yeah, yeah. Happy. He's still as healthy as a, as a nut and, and still on the farm, of course. Really? Oh. Yeah, working on those dry stone walls. Yeah. Incredible. And you know what? He's, he's got a better voice than I ever have. Oh, I love that. Really? You should, oh, you yeah. should put, put something up with him. Yeah. You know, on social media. Uh, yeah, good idea, actually. Yes. Yeah. Never. That's the best birthday present you could give him. Yeah. Good, good, good idea, Sandra. Uh, he's, a, he's a little bit like Ivan Reprov. You know, he can, he's got a huge bass voice and he can sing high as well it's, it's uh, and he that's doesn't know that he can do it that's so of all the people you've met i mean all these amazing names mm -hmm. what what is one moment besides getting knighted what's one moment that really like sticks in your head or two moments i'm sure you've had millions of them but uh -huh. for one person that really you went wow 
That's pretty cool. Well, uh, funnily enough, Carrie's just mentioned one of those days. Um, it was the Kennedy Center Awards. And before you do the concert, you go to the White House for a little uh, drinks reception. Well, unfortunately, the, the people don't see you as who you are before the concert, you know? So there was one man that I was keeping an eye open for, and that was Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah. Um, because <laughs> my, my dad absolutely loves Clint Eastwood, and we, we watched countless... Uh, westerns together and you know these movies they're from the 60s how good are they uh these trilogies that he did was just and of course when i saw him in the in the room such a an incredible looking man and so well dressed and he's he's everything that i, I you know my connection with my father was is all through clint eastwood oh wow on top of that of course he's a musician he likes to play the piano a little bit like Anthony Hopkins, mm -hmm. and he plays golf, so it was right down my alley. And you'd think that I would have endless questions, but I met him and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't say anything. Um, <laughs> so I just wish that I would have said so, but, but that, that is one of the moments where you meet somebody that you put on such a pedestal. Yep. And we meet these people in, in our business, you know, they're, they're always coming into the opera house, yeah. But that was that was pretty special. Yeah, I could I could see that. I was kind of like that. I'm gonna tell you a little little secret. When I first met you, yeah, I was a little like Did you have a crush? Did you have a girl crush? Oh Canada, my home and native land. I did love. Oh Lord. I was a little bit like that. I was a little like, oh my god. Uh, uh, what do I say to him? You know, like, oh, but then, yeah, then you just were like, okay, whatever. Ah, uh, now, Carrie, go. Sorry. Okay, what if we, all right, let's go back to something serious. Has, is, I know that the pandemic has just changed everything, but before that, how did Brexit affect you and working and traveling and all that kind of stuff? Had it yet? Yeah. Absolutely didn't affect me at all because, you know, I, I voted to remain. I'm European through and through. Most of my work is in Europe mm -hmm. and uh, I wanted the freedom to, to jump in in Vienna or Munich at, at a drop of a hat. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, it was, like, it was like that day just after my birthday that Trump actually got into... To the White House, I woke up and and Hannah and I looked at the news and we thought, oh goodness, what's next? Mm -hmm. Then of course Brexit came and then Boris got in and it's what, what's happening in the world? I, crazy oh. insanity. So, uh, as for Brexit, no, it it didn't affect me at all. It it, okay. it was done. The the people spoke. They voted uh, to go out, and it is a matter now of just. Uh, Picking yourself up, dusting yourself down, and getting the best deal for the UK. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a question for you about the Welsh language. It's difficult. It's difficult. And I know that you're a big proponent. You are in a position, you talk about Welsh. Well, oh my God. Hello, Sandra. Cheers. <laughs> Oh my God, I love you, girl. Bad day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love you. 
Oh my God, I was crying right before this. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, Ju. <Or>, yeah. <laughs> you talk about whales and, and the language and, and you're a big proponent of it. And I know that your position, you support whales and all of that. Talk to us about that and how important being true to your country is. Well, before my name is said, there's that sentence, Welsh-based baritone. So Wales comes first every time. Yeah. That, that's not my choice. But right. of course, uh, in, uh, one success in, in the singing world um, is supported heavily in Wales because people just love to sing. And uh, of course, I, I wear it on my sleeve and I am an ambassador to Wales through music. Um, nothing else, not politics, not farming, not agriculture, not golf, not tennis, it's singing. Um, and and if, if I, for instance, accept my knighthood, Sir Bryn, I'm hoping that in the future that Sir Bryn might have a little bit more gravitas with working with young singers or having a foundation, which I do have. And I still feel as guilty that I'm not working as much as I can on this. But yes, uh, I come from Wales. I live in Wales. I speak the language. Um, you know, my parents live in North Wales. We live in South Wales. Mm -hmm. We like little birds. We do, we do love coming back home to Wales. Welcome to Wales is one of the best things that I've ever had from the beginning of my career when I was coming home. Mm -hmm. um, but on top of, of course, loving where I'm from, I, I, I guess we could have lived anywhere we would have chosen to. We could have gone down the route of, of the Italian singers and gone to live in Monte Carlo. <laughs> And, and have reaped, yeah. reaped the benefits of, of, of the taxation. Or I could have gone to live in Vienna, where they have great deals, apparently, as well, for the artistic world. Mm -hmm. I had thought that maybe Ireland um, could represent the artistic world and give us some kind of breaks in the, in the taxation laws, but it was mostly for the visual side of, oh. of the arts. But yes, Wales is... Um, is something uh, that I absolutely am wholeheartedly in love with. I, I love this country. I love the language. I love the people. I love their honesty. I love their generosity. And I even love them when they're abroad, you know, and when they have this word called hiraith, which you cannot uh, translate it, but it's a deep, deep long, longing for their country. And I've seen people that have beards down to their bellies that they miss their country so much. And once they're in Wales, they just shave it off. It's a wow. breath of for them. Any advice now for young artists? Oof. I know. Um, uh, from, from, uh, from my own perspective, um, and I mentioned it a, a, a little bit to yeah. you, I think um, when you go into an opera house or a concert hall and you work with people, you have to listen. There's no way you can say no. And... Um, you have to try and uh, work out this equation and, and be pliable. And um, I think uh, that means that you'll enjoy it more and the people that are trying to teach you certain things will also enjoy it a little bit more. And I, from my singing teacher, Rudolf Pioneer at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama, if he gave me a song to learn by the next week and if I hadn't done it, he would kick me out of the singing lesson. And I soon realized if this carries on, I'll have no singing lessons. 
So he made sure that I was learning two or three songs by memory every week, which was very difficult. Mm -hmm. right. But of course, you could be clever and just learn, uh, you know, Litany by Schubert, which is just one page, <laughs> three verses. Easily done, but difficult to sing. Mm -hmm. One of the hardest first phrases ever for a young singer. But yes, listen, concentrate. For goodness sake, concentrate. Otherwise, you will not be invited back and that's a sure sign of of anybody's success to be invited back surely yeah do you think that i mean what do you tell young kids that at least i don't know i don't know how it is over there but in this country with opera houses shutting down left and right it's almost like most people are going to have to find other jobs until the meantime you know i mean and it's um I think it's going to be a struggle for kids that are coming out of young artist programs or going into young artist programs, getting out of university to hold on to the hope that this business will come back. You know, so I think there's some, um, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't even know what to tell them to be quite honest. I don't even know what to tell myself other than you probably need to keep your voice in shape in case somebody calls you and you need to go do something. I would say, Carrie, ride it out. Uh, but make sure when you come back, you know your stuff, you sing as brilliantly as you can, you kiss the people that you love and you look after your family. And I think things will work out, you know. Um, I've heard through the grapevine that Zurich Sweeney Todd will still work because the orchestra will play in a different hall. Okay. And the chorus will be in a different hall, so the music will be piped into the opera house. And you, you oh. have a show. So what's stopping the Royal Opera House from doing exactly the same? Put the chorus in orchestra rehearsal one, and then put the uh, orchestra yeah. somewhere else, and, and we can still give a performance, even if it's the, 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 the sound, they have to work on it in a different way. Who knows? But, but yeah. ride it out and... Um, keep practicing. Opera best, keep practicing and, and sing the best that you can and try and enjoy it when it does finally arrive love that uh, that's great i you know i think all the opera houses need to talk to each other and figure out something and Absolutely. all be on the same plan here and say okay great let's try this let's do this and you know maybe that'll bring back some hope to everybody because that's the worst feeling right now I, and you're not singing much online are you you're not doing I'm I'm helping uh, Waspi Khani right. with the Grange Park Opera only, only because uh, I I adore what this woman does. She can bring people together, and she was a little bit like Peter Gelb of Metropolitan Opera, quick off the mark onto that saddle quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I hear uh, the Metropolitan Opera did really well from the home gala that they did. They've got more people asking about the Metropolitan Opera, more people giving money. Can you believe it? And the figures, you know, close to a million people watching it. And that for me is just astounding. Um, so something to be learned from there uh, in the business sense, business acumen that you need to maybe sharpen now to the future. Yeah. You know, we have to find different things now and maybe yep. put it on ourselves. I Who agree. knows? It needs to change. Opera needed, in my opinion, needed to change before this. Mm. And I think that this is the pivot that is going to make people start to think of different ways of presenting opera, different venues, different, all of that. And yes. digital, online, whatever, but 
I think it has to happen. In, in Wales, in North Wales, I, I had a festival and it ran for nine years. It did really well. I mean, we had an opera night, we had a Welsh rock night, we had a musicals night and uh, something, an evening that was uh, totally different. But the opera nights, we, we had some great singers come over and I was watching with Hannah uh, last week, some of the singers that came to my festival, I was watching Simon Keenyside singing oh. uh, Valentine's Aria from Faust. And I remember Simon saying, how can you make this work? It's a, it's a sheep, it's a field for a sheep and you've built a stage there. Well, for nine years it was successful until people decided, well, maybe entertainment, I don't want to spend my money on that, I want something different. So the nine fear was a tough one because we always made money that the government had given me. They gave me a hundred thousand to put on a festival. And if I made a profit, that would go straight back to that pot to, to keep it a hundred thousand. So right. that money would go immediately to the next year. And funny enough, people like, you know, uh, these boy bands, they, they need to be paid 35% eight months in advance before they even arrived there. Even Shirley Bassey, you know, paid before. Um, uh, Jose Carreras, uh, I had to do a, a, a concert in Cheltenham with him for him to come to me. I had to do a recording with Andrea Bocelli for him to come to the festival. And of course, when Andrea came, it sold 12,000 tickets immediately. It's just, just, just astounding. So... Am I saying that we maybe opera should go outdoor? They've tried it in Verona, haven't they? Yeah, it's it's happening. Outdoor concerts are definitely yeah. people feel safe. I think with the outdoor venues right now. What? No, I live in Nashville, and they've come up with brilliant ideas, like even for drive-ins. So you can tune in to the radio, who's broadcasting the sound. I mean, we have operas on the radio every week here. So why aren't well, we? Doing why aren't we doing drive-ins so the orchestra's outside, the everybody's outside. It's a lot safer for all of us to do that. I mean, why not? Why aren't we doing this? Why isn't, why aren't people talking about this? So it'll happen. Yeah, I love that. Drive-in. Drive That's in kind opera. of romantic too, yeah. isn't it? Drive-in opera, hey. Yep. The problem is in Canada, they've shut down most of the drive-ins because nobody was going, you know? So, mm. mm -hmm. yeah. No, thing. but now they're, the ones that they haven't torn down, they're opening back up. It's really cool. Or, or they have restaurants here that have huge parking lots and they're doing lottos for, you can get online and just sign up to be in the lottery and you have to tell them how big your car is. And then they have 250 <laughs> spaces and those that get the 250 spaces and they do it a, from a Thursday to a Monday night. It's brilliant. Brilliant. So, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say to our viewers? before we do our rapid fire questions? No, I, I think we've covered uh, most things. We've even talked about uh, Wales and Emma Thompson and Sweeney Todd and, and work and cancellation and Pendevin. I think we've covered, covered most things. Can you say something really cool in Welsh? Uh, of course, I could I could be rather tedious and boring and say Llanfair Pwyll Gwyngyll Gogair a Chwyrn Drobwychan Tysilio Gogogoch, which is the, the <laughs> railway station in Anglesey that even, I think even Stephen Sondheim has put it into one of his songs. I, but I, I think um, 
the word to love in Welsh. I, I, I can't say in Welsh, um, I love this whiskey. No? Um, no, because the word lo to love is curry. And so I can't say that, I, that I'm a green curry one. I can't say that. It it's, um, doesn't sound right. So green the curry D, I, I love you, is, is one of the most uh, amazing sentences that, that you can say to your loved ones. Because you cannot say it about a piano or a, or a score or a, or a glass or a, or a phone. Or, okay. Or oh, a that's amazing. Thank so, you. Dee, I love you. Oh, thank you. Can you, we just, that, can you say that one more time? Dween de Gary D. Dween de Gary Dwee. Did I say that right? Dween de Gary D. D. Dween de Gary D. Not bad, Carrie. Aww. That's fabulous. Thank it's, you. The gin. <laughs> <laughs> We needed it today. Thank you. So are, are you ready for rapid fire? Okay. Who should Wait start? Wait a minute. I'll have a little yeah, bend down. Cheers. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'll have to make sure that I don't swallow this piece of slate though. Oh, not on this, not on this video. I don't want to be <laughs> responsible. Oh no. Sandra and Carrie. Kill, Kill Britain. <laughs> There you go, screaming divas. It's a famous, world famous. Okay, who wants to start, Carrie? You want to start? Sure. Um, what is something you do that and always embarrasses your children? Well, I've got I've got three boys, and I'm trying to think. There's a phrase that one uses. Uh, um, can can I can you do that for your daddy? Literally translated. Okay. Uh, instead of just saying, "Can you do that for me?" Uh, okay. So the boys they they absolutely do not react to the fact that, that I say, "Can you do that for daddy?" Okay. Oh, and, and how do you say that in Welsh? I it is an age when I did that. Yeah, can you do that for your for your father? I love that they look at you and say no. <laughs> Come on, yeah. don't say that. Then. Don't okay. say that. What is your most useless talent that you have? Oh, um, oh gosh, yeah. Hmm. I, I used I used to be able to flip my eyelids in school, and uh, it would it would it would frighten all the girls. Oh yeah. Uh oh. Uh. <laughs> that's that's a good one. That's got to be useless, no? Yes. Utterly. <laughs> yeah. cool. But my mother would say, "Do that again, and it'll stay like that." <laughs> my mom said the same thing to me. Yeah. Okay. Mm. What is your favorite cuss word in any language? Oh, that's that's very difficult. Mm -hmm. I'd have to say in in you know with five children, or, you know, fifth on the way. Of course, um, I can't say that those big words, but bollocks is is a word that I use too often at the moment. You know, bollocks. Oh. 
Even I've, I've been trying to garden a little bit. I can't call myself a garden gardener, but I, clearing the garden better. But I've been swearing a lot, and that word comes out, out very often. Okay, that's a good one. Three words that best describe you. Uh, I'd say I'm jovial, I'm loving, and what else? One more thing. There's a, there, was a, there was a footballer from Wales and um, he, he did really well in his profession. He played for Juventus and all these big clubs. And they used to call him the gentle giant, Il Gigante Buono. The, the Juventus fans would absolutely love it. Okay. John Charles was his name. So I, I'd say the, the gentle giant, if, if, if it's a one, one word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. What is your favorite sound? Hmm. Oh, so boring. That I I love to do something that takes me out of my comfort zone. So in this profession, you need something that, like golf, for instance, is something that I absolutely love. And there are always constantly people on a board that want to play golf and show you their magnificent golf courses. Mm -hmm. So that sound when the golf ball goes into that cup uh, on the green is oh. just a stunning <laughs> sound. Yep. What's the most beloved thing that you own? Mm, it is... Undoubtedly, Sandra, maybe you, you might think, oof, gosh, um, really? It's, it's a facsimile that Ricordi brought out of uh, the handwritten score of Falstaff. Um, they've got, they kind of photocopied his oh, wow. uh, handwritten score, and, and it, they, they, they brought out 711 of them. So I, I I'm sure that you remember this librarian in Vienna, Peter, who's always constantly finding stuff. I'm sure he's finding them in the attic of the Vienna Staatsoper. <laughs> Probably. He works for the Archiv, so I, I, he knew exactly what your fees were and the price of whatever you were buying were exactly what your fee was for that night. And sometimes in Vienna, I got paid in cash. So I would pay Peter Ooh. in cash. Okay. Um, of course, I'd have to put it through my taxes, but um, of course, that Ricordi, Ricordi facsimile of Falstaff is brilliant. Cool. Perfect. Um, this probably is a long answer, but I really would love to know this question. What is the worst or best costume malfunction you've ever had? Uh, oh, you went there. I did. I want to know. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I, I did um, Salome in Salzburg, and um, they started, it was a Luke Bondi production, and mm. they started to have John the Baptist uh, in, in a kind of furry animal <laughs> kind of costume. Okay. And um, uh, when they, of course, they didn't want anything underneath, so... 
when the light was in the wrong direction, the, 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 uh, the animal fur didn't really cover anything up. So I think they, they pulled it after the first stage dress. Raymond at you. Oh, no. so that, that, that is my one and only malfunction. And uh, Catherine Malfitano said, I'm glad you've changed your costume. It's... <laughs> it was too much for her to handle. <laughs> well, uh, she, she was all constantly uh, playing the role of Salome, of course. She was always underneath. Well, I she, have. She, she wants John the Baptist. She she wants to kiss him. She wants to touch his beautiful white skin. She wants everything, didn't she? And she got it all in the end. She sure did. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome! Thank you. <laughs> okay, what living person do you most admire? Hmm. That's a tough one. Mm. I shouldn't have that. That's a tough one. I don't even know who I would say. I don't either. Any person I know. I, I was I was listening to some uh, readings, uh, working most probably for the this uh, gala performance that we might do for New York. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was thinking what I could show in the, the program, most probably Dylan Thomas. But uh, I listened to somebody reading his poetry and uh, the, the things that he wrote for his parents and stuff. And uh, Richard Burton was reading it. Cool. Mm. And I think if there's somebody that I would have maybe enjoyed and he would have maybe opened the door to his dressing room to me because I come from Wales, mm. maybe not for anybody else. You know these people from Wales, if, if, if I ring Tom Jones's agency and I say, can I bring a friend? And they say, yes, of course, come, come to Las Vegas. And then they'll shine the lights on the table that you're sitting and Tom will say, welcome to Bryn from Wales. Oh. Oh. So, um, I didn't meet Richard Burton, but of course that voice and that incredible passion that he had for his country. Um, I think on many levels, we would have found certain things to talk about. Cool. That's nice. Yeah. Mm. Are we at the last one or are we, well, what do you want to do? Go for it, Carrie. Okay. Um, if heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say as you walk through the pearly gates? Oh, goodness. Of course, one could quote Oscar Wilde or something like that in a, in a, a you know, uh, I'm very easily pleased. Only the best will do. Um, no. Uh, I, I would think that um, you're, you're welcome in Welsh, of course, Kreuzer, and uh, you're, in, you're in the first base section. <laughs> Not because, the tenor section, right? <laughs> oh, because then I'd be joining the people that I that I adored when I was young, you know, uh, singers like George London, for instance. And oh. I was very lucky that Nora, his, uh, his, his widow, gave me uh, George's scores of Das Rheingold and Die Valkyrie. Wow. So I could see exactly where George had written breath marks and, and uh, German notes and little eyes where to look at the conductor. 
where to have the 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 you know the stuff in which hand at which particular oh. moment godly devilish uh, crazy that's so, so cool. yeah I, i'd be there sat with george london and and he'd be still oh. talking about his firestone presents wouldn't he oh well, fire. <laughs> firestone presents boy mm -hmm. we're yeah. showing our age now a little bit with that one but yeah cool though super cool i remember that yeah that's that's great I think that was a beautiful answer. Thank you. Thanks. We should let you go get back to your family. Yeah. But thank Bye. you. For I enjoyed it. Thank you for hanging out with us and congrats on your new little one that's on its way. That's exciting. Oh. Thank you. That's it now. No more. You're done. Yes. There will be yeah. no retirement for you. <laughs> yeah. I've, I you know, you're running after a three-year-old all day it's incredible the energy that this little girl has you know trying to just come and i've opened the score to winterizer because i've always been afraid of this song cycle but mm. at last i've looked at the first 10 songs at least good but to get to get the moment of course at eight o'clock i want to be with hannah and have a little dinner and stuff like that but during the day absolutely impossible mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but you wouldn't change it you wouldn't change a moment of it, I'm sure. Absolutely not, because three of my boys, I've always felt guilty, ladies, but that I was away. Uh, you know, to be a parent, you have to be present yep. in children's lives. You know, I missed two births of my children. Um, one was for a stupid rehearsal of Don Giovanni uh, in Salzburg that uh, Mortier called and, and Baron Boim agreed and Cheryl um, wanted. Uh-oh. Why be induced? So obviously it happened naturally. Mortier put me on a private plane, waste of money, and got me to Biggin Hill. It took me four hours to cross London. So first child missed. Second uh, was a rehearsal in in New York because I knew I had to be away. I had to earn a living. You know, I had yeah. to pay for food, uh, for clothes. For my, it was the beginning of one's career. Right. Had no. One had no um, strength or, or purpose to tell them, I'm staying home for a week. Yeah, right. You know, not even uh, Levine or, or uh, Jonathan Miller, of all people, would have said, Bryn, go home. Go home for the two weeks yeah. and come back for the stage rehearsals. Mm -hmm. So then, of course, I made sure I was there for the third child being born, cancelled a lot of work and was criticised for, for doing something for myself. And uh, I was there for Hannah and Lily, and uh, for this baby, we're in lockdown, so I'll be here for that. So, congratulations! Yeah. Well, yeah. fingers crossed, it all goes well. It, yeah. It's things we give to this profession, yeah, that maybe Absolutely. people don't don't realize. No. You know, that's a whole nother topic, isn't it? The things yeah. that we give up and the things that we've missed. I can't tell you how many of my colleagues have said, "Well, you know, I missed my parent dying." Mm. child birthdays mm. holidays weddings yeah. everything you know yeah. but but there we go um, we love what we do always look on the bright side of life oh well thank you uh, we'll see you on the road again absolutely Good. absolutely and stay in touch okay and yeah, take care and okay bye lots of love bye bye
have it. He's like you and I are before but, this. But he's really personable and funny. And I think he should. Oh, yeah. Before the shenanigans. Shenanigans. Isn't that a great picture, though? Can you, like, I'm sorry. Please do that again. <laughs> that, is, that is me. That is me. And that is Bryn. You guys look like you're 12. That's a great pick. You guys look wonderful. Duncan, what year was that? What? The, oh, shit. This was the Pension Fund Gala at the Met. 99? It was last minute. I had nothing to wear. This was the moment that I met Bryn. And I literally shit my pants meeting him. I was so, so nervous. And then he came and took this picture because I sang uh, the church scene from Trovatore with Neil Shukov. Whoa. Have you had those um, experiences where you, it's a great time, you get along with all your colleagues, which is usually the norm. And, mm -hmm. and then all this, and you do all the rehearsals and you get to a final dress rehearsal, even sometimes with an audience is totally fine. Like you don't, but something changes with certain colleagues on opening night where all of a sudden the energy that's emanating off of them is pure nerves, like pure fear, pure, Yes. And there's a moment where I, my body goes <gasps> and protects itself. Like it just goes, don't pick up that energy. Cause if that energy, I've let it happen. I didn't know that that's what was going on. I was young. I didn't know what the world, yeah. I just knew something was wrong. Does that make sense? And then, yep. but that energy can propel you into, I've gotten like this. Yeah. Or like, <gasps> oh yeah. And, uh, and so I, when I feel it, I, you immediately know, I mean, I've known it cause God, especially when I changed the soprano, that was a whole different ball game, but cause you're singing with tenor, sorry. <laughs> and you're singing all those high notes. You're like, oh yeah. It was yeah. the first time I understood why sopranos and tenors were nuts. I was like, oh, this is why they act crazy. Yeah. Then you, but then there's people like Bryn who is so cool yeah. and chill and relaxed and right. rehearsals. And then you get on stage with him and he just radiates his energy. It's just awesome. like, like you, like you. It's really cool. Wow. It's super I have to cool. tell you, he's one of my favorite people to work with because you go on stage and it's one, one plus one doesn't equal two. When you're on stage with Bryn, it's like one plus one equals 50. He's such a generous performer and that. has this, just radiates it and and he's a great actor you do too. you're yeah it's it's a it's a force and it's super fun yeah it's amazing yeah it's, a, it's yeah. a ride can i see your earrings i want to see your earrings these were a gift right yeah here sorry yes those are a, a homemade gift a from homemade a certain gift. mezzo soprano that from we interviewed amazing, yeah for an amazing mezzo soprano and Thank you, Susie. And when I open them up in the mail, because we're not getting the mail that often anymore because we live in the petri no. dish of a condo building. We I'm, don't either, so. I'm like, what, where, what, who, who do I know in Burbank, California? And then what? I open it. Oh, wait, wait, oh, wait. I open it and this is really fun shoe card. And I'm like, oh, and then I was like, oh, I'm like, this is so awesome. <laughs> I got a hug in the mail. Now I want to like, I need to go on the shop and wear my mask and get her something fun from Nashville and send, for, send her some Nashville love. You should get her one of those bracelets. Oh, the Thistle Farms? Yeah. Oh, I should, I should. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. 
Or the candle. The candle was really nice too. The candle candle's beautiful, right? Or their their poop spray. Lovely. <laughs> Maybe not the best gift to give somebody you don't know that well. Toilet spray. I think if it's yeah, me. I don't know. She's from the South. She'll appreciate it. <laughs> oh no. I I wanted to show you something. Can you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> what is that? Is that a game? That's the game. Yes. What's the name of that game? What? You watch your mouth. I need that. The okay. bathtub is filled with bubbles. <laughs> the bathtub is filled with what? Balls? Bubbles. <laughs> bubbles. <laughs> bubbles. Did that make you laugh? Okay. <laughs> it does. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh dear. We need that game. Okay. And then I add whoever the guest is. Okay. So I have all of that in notes. Okay. And it's easy. And I have our our description of who we are. Blah blah. That's good. That's that's weird. perfect. <laughs> oh I, my god. I love you, Sandra. <laughs> I love you, Dora. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what a shitty day. Possibly a third. Okay. What flavor is that? Vanilla. <laughs> I'm far away, vanilla. Oh God, you're funny. Which power crunch? How many calories? Two twenty. Go flying! Oh my god! Did that go flying? Yes, I did. I did. You know, you can dress me up, but we got problems sometimes. Two twenty. <laughs> my, my name is Carrie. I'm giving you a big hug. Big hug too. What a shit day, man. I'm so sorry. Jesus. But I mean, that's two major opera houses done. 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 And, but the most disturbing about the San Francisco call was that Matthew Schilbach said he doesn't see opera getting back to pre-COVID ever. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? He, he said that the, all the studies that they've done say they don't see opera coming back. Um, should I just go jump off my balcony now? <laughs> I think that's when a lot of people in the meeting started crying. Just for you. <laughs> <laughs>